like Ron Hextall's offseason at all, and I've made no secret of that. However, however, fair is fair, and I'm going to separate one move today that I feel stands out as a real positive for the franchise. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. I like Brock McGinn. There's no way to not like Brock McGinn. I have, however, done a poor job of delineating that, I fear. So I'm, I'm here today to kind of remedy that a little bit. Not that I haven't said that I liked Brock McGinn. It's the broader set of circumstances that resulted in his arrival that I don't like. But that's not his fault, and that's not going to keep him from providing real value to Mike Sullivan's lineup. McGinn, for anybody who hasn't followed his career in Carolina, he's a guy that scored at a little bit of a higher rate than Brandon Tanev, but he's also something of a nuisance. He's a disruptor. And actually, disruptor is probably the better word because in addition to everything else that he brings in terms of ticking people off, uh, flying around, hitting people, that's Tanev stuff. But McGinn also will drive to the net. And not that Tanev was shy about it. He just wasn't super effective at it. McGinn will take the puck and find a way to get through to the net. That's not a common trait in the NHL. Uh, Not everyone can do that. Uh, Even the most skilled players can't do that. He can. He finds a way to pull it off. Now, his statistics have been pretty consistent over the years. He peaked with a 16-goal season for the Hurricanes in 2017-18. He followed that up with just 10 goals over a full season. And then in, in pandemic times, he ended up with a total of 18 goals in about 100 games. So he is what he is from that standpoint. But the thing that I like more about McGinn is that he knows what he is. Yeah, I think um, a lot of time in uh, Carolina, I felt like I never fully got that opportunity to show how offensive I can be. And it was more the defensive side of my game that was – focused on where I think uh, last year I really went into it uh, trying to prove how offensive I can actually be in the NHL and I think um, last year was a true uh, testament of how I can play and how offensive I can be as long as my defensive and uh, my full 200 foot style game doesn't um, hinder from that. He's got that energy to him doesn't he? You can you can pick that up. You can pick that up again similarly with Tanev. Tanev's different. His is more of a Nervous. I got. I got. I got something else to do. I got to be somewhere else. Uh, that's very much Tanev. This kid is maybe a little bit more comfortable 
in in his own skin in that regard, at least from the sound of it. Brian Burke said last week on satellite radio that the Penguins believe that McGinn will represent for them an upgrade over Tanev. And never mind how lousy it is to say something like that uh, about somebody who's been with you for a while and who's given a lot uh, to the Penguins the way Tanev did. Even if you set that aside, if you try to get into their thinking on this, you can see where it could happen. McGinn has more going for him than just coming at a lower cap hit over a shorter period of time. Uh, He's younger, he's 27, and anytime somebody pops 16 or whatever the number is in a given season, you're always convinced that they can hit that number again. You're always convinced that there's a ceiling that's been established that can be reestablished. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a 7-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to fubotv.com slash DK. One more time, it's fubotv.com slash DK. I hope to make this point as clear as possible. The Penguins have brought in some new players. They have kept some existing players. In none of these cases, not even with the Anaheim guy, who I constantly have to keep looking up his name. I don't know why I have like this mental block about the Anaheim guy. But in none of these cases do I say, hey, that player stinks. That player is going to hurt the Penguins. I don't happen to believe that. I do happen to believe that the process has been flawed and that the number one priority wasn't addressed. That, of course, being goaltending. And that's hard to get past because these aren't series of individual transactions that are occurring here. It's either the retention or the construction of a hockey team, underscoring team. And the Penguins had, past tense, something I felt at the end of last season and, yes, into the playoffs that was worth keeping. And you know who agreed with me on this? The Penguins. Okay? Vocally, passionately, From the team's on-ice leadership, to the head coach, to the GM, to the president of hockey operations, one after one after one, all they'd like to do is to keep this team together. The only thing that was going to keep them from doing that was going to be, A, the Seattle expansion draft, in which you had to lose one player, not two, B, salary cap, always an issue, 
but other teams find a way to manage it. And C, free agency, specifically as it was going to relate to Cody Cece. And all the Penguins did, all the Penguins did in that context was to go over 3. So I, I do hope that there can be a distinction here between dissatisfaction with the offseason, with the approach, with the execution, and the individual players. I believe that if the Penguins had Brock McGinn on their roster for the Islanders series, he's absolutely playing. He's a plus. He's, he's I'll use uh, Burke's term. You know, he's being upgraded over one or two guys on that roster. He's a he's a good hockey player. He is, and he's going to add something to this team. But the way they went about it, I mean, wow, just wow. When we come back, just one question. time for just one question and that's brought to you always on this program by the good people at the greater pittsburgh community food bank where they are committed no recommitted to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western pennsylvania when i'm referring to the recommitment i'm referring to their recent rebranding and everything that went into that visit pittsburghfoodbank.org to watch a video about everything that they've done to basically reconstruct who they are at the Pittsburgh Food Bank and how they provide the assistance that they do. One more time, it's pittsburghfoodbank.org. Just one question comes from Mark Bailey who asks, with most of the goaltending free agents signed on day one of free agency, what are the chances... Ron Hextall can work out a deal to acquire Jonathan Quick or John Gibson or provide some veteran goaltending. You know, I've brought up Quick for months now as someone who I feel would be a good fit. Now, Quick's statistics over the past three seasons haven't blown anyone away. Uh, He has not been that version of Jonathan Quick that most of us will have recalled watching during the Kings Stanley Cup runs. And you know how that goes. You remember the best version of someone. Uh, He hasn't been that guy. However, for this exercise, I could see him coming in and making a difference. But, dot, 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 and I'll get to that in a second. John Gibson is another level entirely. Uh, He's making a ton of money with the Ducks. You would have to make massive moves to pull off a trade with Anaheim. Anaheim would have to take on salary. They'd have to take Marcus Pedersen back to start with. And I I can't even. There's so much that would involve uh, so many different components to picture a Gibson trade uh, in this direction, not least of which is that Anaheim would have to want to do it. You know, they've got their franchise goaltender. And I never quite figure out what the Ducks are doing 
because they never really go for any kind of uh, rebuild or anything else. They just seem to keep right along with all their same usual guys and never really changing much, no matter how far they fall in the standings or how, how flat they are on those occasions when they make the playoffs. There's never really a, whoa, look what the Ducks did. They just kind of stay the same as if uh, Ryan Getzlaff, Corey Perry are, are just going to carry the franchise uh, for the next thousand years or so. And I know Perry's not there anymore. I'm just I'm saying it symbolically. So I, I have a hard time picturing on the Anaheim end what it is that they'd want because logic would tell you that they'd want a bunch of prospects and draft picks, but logic isn't how they work there. So what would they seek back? I, I don't know. I, look, I love the idea. I love the idea of John Gibson coming back to Pittsburgh. I just can't put any, any credence in it. Um you know, much less attach something that would sound to you like news or I heard this or I heard that because I haven't. His name would never come up. So uh, it's a nice thought, Mark. It is, and I, and I appreciate the question, and I don't mean to rain all over it, but I don't know. I don't know where they're getting goaltending from. I just know that they've got to go get it, you know? you got to go get it. Thanks to everybody for listening to Daily Shot of Penguins, and we'll do another one of these tomorrow. Thank you.